Gaming and BS, episode 328, being recorded Monday, February 8th, 2021. Welcome to Gaming and BS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I am one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. I'm the other guy. How you doing? Glad everybody's here. Fred, how are you, man? Not bad. I am, uh, I'm healing quite well, so that's nice. Yeah. I started back at work today, easing into it, and uh, by noon, I'm like, man, I am cashed. I need a nap, <laughs> which is really weird. Um, I didn't realize how long it would take for my body to really heal. When the doctor says, well, 11, 12 weeks, then we can start lifting restrictions. Like, ah. That's for other people. No way I can't have 12 weeks. I'm like, holy fuck. Halfway through the day, I need a nap. Done. I got nothing left in the tank. So I had to check out and just crash. It's just, it's weird. And I don't like not being able to lift things. I'm not even like a big, you know, heavy power lifter guy. I just want to be able to hang a sheet of drywall in my new basement. I want to be able to pound a nail. Can't do that. Can't do this. Ugh, it's fucking annoying. Super annoying. But other than that, Chronic pain, ninety percent gone at least. So, uh, so it was. It's worth it. Just a slow recovery. Sean, how the hell are you? You, uh, you brave in the cold with the pups and all that. My dogs hate the cold, but they're doing okay. They're doing okay, actually. Mine are all right. I just had one that had eight teeth pulled, so Eesh. she's under the weather. Yeah, upstairs recovering, but uh, the, the the outside hasn't been too bad. That's good. Yeah, but uh, getting any gaming in? When's uh, have you gamed yet? Since the big. Knife cut? Yeah. Last Tuesday, I had a chance to um, alpha ran uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. So the Undermountain campaign, we got back into that. We almost died like a complete total party kill. We got way over our skis and another drow encounter. Like, oh, we got this. Oh, we're doing great. Ah, what? one more room. How bad could this be? Motherfucker. It was bad. It was not good. Yeah. Nick, Nick lost another character. The rest of us fled. So we'll see. We'll see if we make it out alive. My buddy Lenny and I have come up with a uh, with an approach that will help us kind of improve our uh, basically give us a reason and some other stuff that we've we feel we've been lacking a little bit in, in the game. Not due to alpha per se, it's just kind of the, the setup. We're like, look, at this point we are lost. Our our maps are no good. We've hopped through a couple portals. We've skipped and bumped around. We're like, look, this is our life now. We are Undermountain people. We will never leave this god awful dungeon. Let's just. Let's start a mercenary company. Let's just start figuring out how to live down here because we're never going to get out. Based on how we bounced around and where, I have no clue where we are right now. Not an idea. Not even an inkling of an idea of a clue. This is our life now. Let's just, let's get used to that. Let's just Stockholm Syndrome this whole goddamn dungeon and move on. So that's what we're, that's how we're approaching it now. How have you, how'd you do, man? Did you get any Forbidden Lands? Did that happen finally? Did session zero. Oh, how'd that go? It went well. Um, oh, he said, uh, in convincing tone. <laughs> the, um, yeah, no, it went, I thought it went really well. I, um, I, I presented what I needed to, I think. And then they came up with characters and they're loaded up and ready to go. Um, the guys seem excited to start off and they, they didn't all suddenly have somewhere else they had to be urgently and had to drop from your game. So that's good. That's all good. <laughs> it takes more in session zero to do. I, I'm expecting that maybe around maybe two or three. Yeah. Halfway through yeah. session. Yeah, once they've kind of 
realize, like, is this really how it's going to go? So are you grokking how it's going to go? Are the people excited about it? Like, They are. And uh, like I said, I still... It's still a lot different than anything that I've ever run before. I mean, again, I could still run Raven's Purge, which I haven't decided to do, um, which is this fine piece of of work right here. But I don't. Um, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I just have to get. I have to just get into the fact that small little things mm-hmm. are okay. Like I don't have to have this weird. Plot you don't device. You, you, do, you do not have mastery. You don't have to have a huge, no. deep blah blah blah. This is a dive into it, yeah. right? How this can work. I think one of the things you and I talked about this off the mics last time was I think one of the beautiful things you have going into a new game like this, which is one of the reasons why I want Simbarum, which I believe is how it's properly pronounced. I want to get into Simbarum because I want to try a whole new system, different approach. And my crew, somebody, you're laughing at me. Did I say it wrong again? No, no, I'm, I'm looking at nothing. AWOL's just right. like, just let yourself be free, man. <laughs> <laughs> say what I want, <laughs> God damn it. Just be free. Anyhow, I think it'll be, it'll be, uh, where am I going? Oh, to do to run a new game like that, I have no D&D baggage, as we've talked about before. So there's no need to, like, Brett GM over the top of this thing. Like, hey, let's just run it. Rules is written, man. Let's see how it goes. Because that's really what I do with most brand new game systems, except for D and D, as we've previously discussed on other episodes. That for some reason that gorilla just is what it is. But I think uh, I think you might find that if you have a really good time with it, I'm honestly I'm watching to see how impressed you are with with Forbidden Lands because I may buy it if, if you really like it. <laughs> well, and it's a again we mentioned this. I streamed Saturday for a little while, went over it, and uh, you know it is just a different type of game period and there are some fiddly noodly bits that you gotta kind of understand where in D&D I mean even even low fantasy gaming I played with Hobbs on Sunday and we you know did well and we were going into a site and you know we crawled down some stairs and we ran into some beasties and had some combat and that's all well and good but like the travel to get there isn't something that he's it's it's not it's part of the game, but it's not mechanized like it is Forbidden Lands. Like it is serious, man. There are roles like you are Pathfinder and you are Scout. Give me these two roles. And no, there's some there's some cool things I think that go yeah. with that. Because whoever's in those lead spots, whatever it is, the spotlight mechanically the spotlight goes, Your turn, Sean, Brett's turn, AWOL's turn, VC's turn, Eileen's turn. And that to me, from the way you've described it, it's just gonna go around the table, back and forth, if you will. And say your turn, your turn, your turn. How did this work? What happens with the with with your role plus yours plus yours plus yours? A little bit different. I like it. Yeah. So I, I am excited about it. I'm very uh, interested to see how it goes, and I think it's going to be a fun time. My my the reason I say that my only reservation, but probably like these guys, like oh man, the more he talks about this, I don't know about this guy. I don't want to play anymore. Uh, is is that? If I don't feel comfortable with having something in my brain when I come to the table, it throws me personally off. And I've run games where I've been off, and that sucks to me. So that's the only thing. Like the Star Wars Age of Rebellion game I had a couple weeks ago, everything was kind of fun up until a point, and then it, and then it, well, it didn't get bad. It was just, all right, I'm struggling to come up with something that I need to do and throw at these guys and and make things either move along or what. So I just have to have a couple things in my pocket 
So if I run into that, and you I, don't have and you don't have the familiarity with right. Forbidden Lands, where in Star Wars you could say fucking um, uh, a droid explodes, move on. I know what that is. I, if it was D and D, orcs attack, ninjas invade. You know what are what's the orcs attack for Forbidden Lands? Right? What is that? Right. You don't you right. don't know that yet because you haven't cut your teeth in that space yet, but. You've got a good crew of uh, gamers with you, so you'll figure it out. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm, 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 I'm just, I, and I, I got a Star Wars game to prepare for, and I wish I was, I, you know, Saul's Widow's like, hey man, we gonna, what's up with the Star Wars game? And you know, I'm supposed to play that every other week, and then I've got this week to play Star Wars, and I am like zero prepared, and that's another game that I have to kind of nip in the bud and see, because I'm reconsidering how I'm running that. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, you know what, man? So speaking of, I think the last thing we can talk about here and then go random is um, I want to, in March, after I have, depending, after I got a couple more weeks of just healing up or whatever, I want to get a game going. Even if it's like, look, I'm going to run a short campaign, might be two, three sessions every week, every other week. I'm going to pick a day, I'm going to pick a time, you know, throw, out, throw it out to BSers and see who can get in. Um, and then we'll just try, do something. Even if it's, even if it's just like, hey, I want to try this game. Having an uh, Avalon adventure I want to run, let's do that. It's a standard for me. We can crank that out and have a good time. And not have it be just a one-shot. When I um, when I ran for BSers last time, I think one of the cool things that you're doing, Sean, which I didn't do when I ran before um, my Avalon game uh, for the BSers, and it was, um, everyone said, oh, that was a lot of fun. And to a gamer, they all said, oh, if you want to continue this, I'd be happy to play that character again. Which was great feedback. It was like, wow, you really did like it. It did a good job. You all had fun. Awesome. That feels good. But I thought to myself, you know, that was kind of kind of dumb on my part to kind of box myself in saying this is only one go. Where if it is going well, build myself to a, a two, three session and say, okay, and start off there saying, look, we're going to start off here. We could go half dozen sessions. We could go four. Don't know, but it will at least be two. Who's in? And then we can roll with it from there. So my hope is um, by middle of March, I can get something rolling as long as I can stay awake for the whole thing. <laughs> if you guys aren't following Brett on Twitter or Instagram or something, you should. Um, maybe we'll put Brett's, the, some of those in the um, links below. But, um, you know, he's he's made some major purchases for his Rhyme of the Frostmaid game, which we all know he went in on with the Beetle and Grim piece. Now he's got huge, two huge dragons that are like Jimungus that he's showing everybody right now. Um, so Brett, Brett's fixing to run a thousand dollar plus D D <laughs> game for his buddies. So, well, the cool. <laughs> I mean, eh, you don't have to do that. Now, now I feel bad about my spending. Yeah, but, Man, um, it shouldn't feel bad about spending money on shit. Especially, I mean, hey, there's. Brett, you and I, I always, at least I've used it with my wife. Like, hey, I could be at the bar every night spending oh, totally. you know, a yeah. few hundred Susan. bucks a week. Susan, Susan knows so, that. Yeah. <laughs> and my other thing is I live in the town where my home group is now. I don't have to drive. Right. I could do this every week. And she's yeah. like, fine, fine. Wow, yeah. But I got, I, got, I, got, I got a table. I got, I got new gaming. I got a new gaming table, chairs, other shit that's got to go in the new game room in the basement. So, Sean, so... 
You, you, you good at hanging drywall? You want to lend a little drywall hanging? Just a couple sheets. Come on. Do you know what Come this on. old guy doing that shit, man? Fuck. It'll take him twice as much. And Yeah, but I can't lift anything. You have no idea how irritating that is. You've got a youngster, man. He's got to get some friends. Have him, have him make some friends quick. And He's 14 and weighs like a buck 10 soaking wet and holding the brick. Hey, you know, he's going to. Uh, he's probably uh, still hardier than I am. That's yeah, true. All right. Anyway, let's move off of this right, and talk. Let's, let's go. Ran- let's talk random encounter. Let's talk something interesting besides my son's need to pull. Random up. encounter segment of the show where we field emails, voicemails, comments from social media. You start, man. The warden comments. Todd Kreper. Uh There are typically he's on deploying lore. They are. They are. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There are typically two approaches I like to use when it comes to providing setting lore. Do. Don't. <laughs> but, but, but when I do, I try two approaches. The first is to frame the first uh, or only adventure as a pilot episode. What are the key elements that need to come across in the story if this were picked up as a series slash uh, as a series slash became a regular campaign? As I'm reading through my old Earth Dawn books, I've started making taking mental notes on those key elements that can be explained or at least introduced into that first adventure. Right now, they include the continent of a Barsave as the home setting, a land home to both the dwarves of Thrall and the dastardly Theron Empire that's used to rule over the people with an iron fist. The horrors, evil creatures from the astral plane that invaded the world in an apocalyptic invasion of Cthulian monstrosities. This event was known as the Scourge. To survive the Scourge, people hid in magical underground bunkers known as Cares for hundreds of years until the horrors returned to the astral plane. During the Scourge, the Theron Empire was cut off from their holds in Barsave, and the dwarves exploited this to plant the seeds of rebellion against the land's oppressors. Everything else is on a need-to-know-as-they-come-up basis. You don't need to know much about windlings, scrying, scrang, trolls, or blood elves until someone wants to play one or the party meets one. So my first adventure needs to revolve around these four elements. Right now, I'm toying with a party of heroes try- hired to help find and still sealed care before the Therans do only to find out a horror breached it years ago and now seeks fresh blood hero blood yummy <laughs> the second approach involves what I call introductions and it's something I developed for high plane samurai so Todd does high plane samurai broken ruler uh, games broken ruler games oh and Todd is also uh, in the uh, hip pocket of the uh Pip system guru, right? He so he is an Eloy Lasanta dude, and it's it's actually the warden's fault that I'm converting Avalon to Pip, but that's a different story. Carry on. Third Eye Games. <clears throat> Aside from the key setting elements, essential to making this setting stand out from others, nothing is written in stone until it is introduced into the story. By that, I mean somebody said something at the table to address, define, or otherwise introduce it into the table's lore. It's an open-ended approach that can also default to the game master's favor if their table only allows the GM to represent the setting. For mine, I like to let everyone contribute, so long as what's introduced doesn't contradict something from before. It's now part of the lore. What results are some of those finer bits of setting you normally only find in novels based on those settings because 
They view the world through a group of characters' eyes, not as an encyclopedia of general facts. One table's faroon need not be the same as another's when you get up close and personal with it. It's a concept in campaign settings I like to call the multiverse application. Each table is an alternate universe based on shared threads provided in the books of that setting. From there, each table branches off in their own direction to create a multiverse of that one setting. Think about it. Somewhere out there, someone's killed Strahd. What? Yep. No. Someone's brought water to Athos. Someone made Spelljammer fun. Okay, no. <laughs> oh, no. wow. Wait, oh, I, draw, I draw oh. the line right there. Wham! Damn. Sorry, sorry Spelljammer lovers. That was a blow the belt shot there. That was <laughs> Warden, that was sneaky but yeah, good. Sneaky I like but good. how Carry you on. snuck that in there. You just got it right in there. Carry Each on. Each one is a version of the setting where troll horns are hollow. Elves don't like to be naked. Dwarves can't stop being naked. And dragons rule over the elemental plains in a bid to make big profits from mining on the plane of Earth. Each one provides its own lore created at the table that will never be replicated elsewhere. It's mathematically impossible just factoring in the dice rolls alone. So let's all just say fuck it and send Thanos to the demi-plane of dread. It's possible I got off topic here. <laughs> Todd. Well, Todd, one of the things that you're talking about here is, Sean, I've mentioned this before, and I think it absolutely bears repeating, is the, the truth at the table, right? And the things that come up there it can be just amazing. One of the things that I admire about my buddy Lenny, and I've started doing it more myself, is he will say something in character like, oh, that's what elves do. Yeah, everyone knows that. He's wrong. And someone else will look at him, and they'll know the setting or no data, and they'll look at him and go, but not. He goes, my character said it. That's what he thinks. And usually the rest of us go, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Let's go with it. So in my buddy um, Nick's Conan game, I know more about, well, frankly, I think I know more about the Conan world than he does, which is totally fine. So he asks me questions, I prop him up or whatever, and I will periodically say things that I know are grandiose statements. My character's this lore master kind of guy. And the rest of the group will stop, look at me, look at Nick, and Nick's like, that's what he's telling you. You can believe him or disbelieve him as you see fit, but he's the guy you know who knows the most about everything. So Zave goes, yeah, I, I'll, I buy it. That makes sense to me. <laughs> I know for a fact I'm probably wrong about a few things. Doesn't matter, though, because at the table right now, the group believes this is how the Emperor, uh, the the Charons failed. This is where Python and the Purple Towers, they they like, oh, well, that's, that's neat. Cool. How do we know that? Well, that's the best info we have. <laughs> and probably at another gaming table, it wouldn't work that way. It absolutely wouldn't work that way. It, it's, But it is a blast when you do it. And the information that's landing on the table at the time in the game is where everybody's like, that is how it works. Even if it doesn't really work that way, everybody believes, everyone at the table believes it's how it works until they find out otherwise. And then they all act accordingly. That's the wonderful part. When Sean's character says, hey, you know, all dwarves eat stones. Okay, dwarves eat stones. We don't know any different. Never met a dwarf before. First dwarf we meet, we hand him some precious pebbles that we think he might want to eat. You know? politely sets them aside and says, I'm not hungry. He just doesn't know what to do with these weirdos. It just doesn't stop us from believing dwarves eat stones, right? Anyway, that type of crap is just fun, and I love it. That's That kind of lore building on the fly, even if it's wrong, doesn't matter because it becomes a, a thing of, of that table, and that's where all that stuff lies, so that's pretty cool. Anything else, Sean? I'm sorry. I totally ran off there. No, nope. 
Thanks All for right. commenting, Todd. Absolutely, man. So Hushkarl comments on deploying lore as well. In my return to game mastering a year and a half ago, I started to develop my homebrew world. I've written thousands of words. I know that it's only for me, but sometimes it is frustrating that players do not put in more effort, or really any effort, other than showing up at the table and asking for a pencil and dice. But I digress as, as that's for another episode. Damn right it is. Um, there are things I, I used to introduce and reinforce lore in my games. First is a treasure item I call an, an adventurer's encyclopedia. It's basically 1d4 plus 1 pages describing monsters and outlining some of their strengths and weaknesses. These are usually about a paragraph or two in length, so they're easy to come up with. It allows for the creative to hack a uh, create uh, 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 allows for the creativity to hack already developed monsters and create my own or create my own. Second, are rumors and information that I used to reinforce things the PCs would know and introduce new things. I usually Disseminate via NPC in-game, or because I'm a much better writer than a talker in a campaign, Discord post after the gaming session or as part of some downtime. Third, because of remote gaming, I use images and journal notes in Foundry Virtual Tabletop. My landing page is a player map scene with the locations of the places the party already has been and the journal entries accessible to the players. Fourth, I came up with the idea to give my PCs dreams to introduce and reinforce lore. It is work, but writing is enjoyable for me, especially when it, the words flow. I'm writing them from the character's childhood and adolescence so I can include lore from their birthplace to provide some memories. These dream sequences have, have translated well into the campaign, despite the players being well players. I give them dreams after particularly grueling combats or some other trigger like fear or even the thrill of leveling up. Thank you both for your vision and building this fantastic community of like-minded gamers. I value your excellent discussion topics, insight, and knowledge. Happy gaming. Hoose! I like that approach too. I think the one of the cool things that we're hearing here from a lot of different people talking about how they do lore and some of the discussion in our forums and whatnot is there's a lot of different ways to do it, right? And as Sean and I have said for like the past six years, what he and I think is not the be all and end all of what's to be done. So I like this idea. I think you're taking some of the stuff we talked about, Sean, if I recall the conversation, you're like, hey, you're using NPCs or guides and stuff to do that. And I think he's who's Carl's find a way, a way here to utilize the fact that he's written all this lore, and then dribble those facts, those little lore factoids out there into his game, um, so that the cool stuff he's creating doesn't get lost, missed, or never really appreciated by anyone other than him. Not only just for the selfish feeling that it's really cool and somebody likes your shit, but also because it helps keep the players in the zone, if you will. So I, I like what he's got there. I think it's pretty smart. What do you think about it, Sean? You like it? Yes. It's good stuff. I gotta write all this shit down before my next Forbidden Lands game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you, if if we could take oh, this is be I don't think we could ever pay everybody enough, but to like oh, all the really better advice you folks have come up with and put that in a book. <laughs> this is my retirement fund, man. I'm just <laughs> gathering all this shit and then I'm yeah. just gonna publish it and take credit for everything and sail off into the sunset. Yeah, that's fine. I'd be good with that. Sell a million copies. Exactly. All right, your turn. Jim Fitzpatrick writes in about episode 326, not so supers. Hey, guys, haven't bugged you in a while, but something stood out about the past couple episodes I'd love to get your opinion on. Whoa. Two things brought it up. First was DM Kyle's call about not knowing all the lore in a setting, and the second was the not-so-supers episode about genre and systems we don't play or don't want to play. What I'd like to hear is your take on being a tourist. 
What I mean when I say that is, do you do anything special if you uh, if you know you're going to play a system or a genre you don't usually play or even have that much exposure to? How do you play a space opera game if you've never seen a space opera show? Good question. How do you play a supers game if you've never read a comic book or seen an MCU movie? Senna and Phil were nice enough to talk about this on Pandas when I asked, but I would love to hear the BS side. A few game holes ago, I got a chance to play a Supers game with Matt Forbeck, but I'm not a big consumer of Supers media and don't really know much about the tropes. I didn't know the system either and don't remember what it was. I still had fun because Matt is great, but I might not have had fun if it had been with a random game master. Brett, glad you're on the mend. Neck and back pain is not to be effed with. Had enough cortisone shots in my day to know that. Hope you're back in the saddle soon. Enjoying the show as always, Jim. That's a damn good question, Sean. That's going to be, that's a show topic right there, brother. I think I'll have to tack that one in there. I like that. If I had to put my finger on the game that Mr. Forbeck ran, I would mm-hmm. have guessed it would be Brave New World. Because be. I believe Matt wrote that adaptation of the RPG, but I could be wrong. So, I don't know if that rings a bell, Jim. But anyways, that is a very interesting. I uh, I have not been in, uh, well, say, okay, so reading, we've already, we kind of touched on a little bit of this. Because we talk about how do you get incentive for running specific games, like, it, it, or if you're trying to envision something in your brain as a game master to convey to your players and you're running a Star Wars game, then, you know, and it's an Imperial, an Imperial it is establishment. Look. Yeah, yeah, establishment. Yeah. Yeah. Gray, slate, everything's like sterile. Jim's approach here is like from the player perspective, you sit down like, look, I want to cut my teeth. I want to try a steampunk game. I want to try a supers game. I don't want to run it. I want to play one at a con. Great opportunity. Brett and Sean said so. Other people said so. Fuck it. Yeah, we're going to sit down. Forbuck's going to run. Is there an approach we should take as a player to tourist your way in there appropriately and not stand out like somebody, you know, should you take the most important character there? How do you even know what the most important character there is? Is there a support character? Is there such a thing as, you know, all of those types of questions. I think all that comes out. And um, instead of saying, yeah, I don't know anything about this, except that I heard Matt Forbeck's a good game master, so I want to play. That you, could, you could set the whole table like, oh, oh Christ, it's one of those. You, you, could, you can hear the mumbling, right? So it's a damn good question, Jim. And uh, I think Sean and I, you and I will address that. We're going to have to talk about it. You good? Yes. Okay. I'm thinking not... Next up, we've got a different one to cover, but it'll probably be in two episodes from now. Two episodes. Two episodes from now. All right. Let's get into the main topic. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, thanks, Jim. That's good stuff. And great to hear from you, man. Yeah. Let's get into the main topic. All right. Main topic, Brett. What are we talking about this week, Brett? Hot burn, slow start, slow start, hot burn, burning yes. hot. Yeah, all that. Yeah. Sizzle. So I've heard these phrases like the hot start. I heard that a lot in the slow burn campaign, and I think they get thrown out a bunch. 
Um, depending who you're talking to, some people don't give two shits about this type of thing. It's not really something to talk about. Burn or hot start. However, <laughs> I've been thinking about this because Sean's starting Forbidden Lands. I want to do something um, with the BSers again. I want to get my my groove going there. And then I think about like con games tend to be what? How do I approach them and so on? So let's each one each each of these approaches has pluses and minuses, and there's variations, different degrees of either one. But I think um, I when I think about the slow burn is kind of the everyone makes their first level characters using level type of system, and you meet in an inn. Um, the blacksmith busts in and says, "Cobalt stole my child. Go rescue them." And it's a slow get into the action, figure out everything, work your way up, find who the major players are, so on and so forth. Just kind of a um, get to know things, just kind of ease your way into it. It's not there's action, there's things to do, but the overall plot and the the major really cool drama components, those are coming. That's down the road. That's book two, right? This is the intro book. Is that how you, when, I th- when you hear Slow Burn campaign, is that what you think of Sean as well? Yes. Okay. So the hot start, I think, in media Ray or Res, or however now you want to pronounce it, um, the in, in the middle of the action where you have the, okay, everyone roll initiative. What? Everyone roll initiative. Get your characters. Let's go. Oh, what's going on? Where are we? Okay, there's five orcs. There's 16, you know, laser knights, whatever's going on. 16 orcs and 17 laser knights all at once. They're fighting you. What do you do? Uh, Minis are on the table. Action's happening. Sometimes it's that dramatic, and sometimes it's like you've just escaped from the laser knights. You're at the end of the corridor. You've barricaded the door. You can hear them working their way through the door. What do you do to get, what are you going to do? That's another form of hot start type of thing. It's, you know, tension, action, shit's going on right now. Um, lots of different ways to do that, but that hot start is in the middle of something, something kind of big happening already. You've you've cut through some of the earlier stuff, right? I've heard uh, Matt, uh, Matt Colville talked about this one time where he started a campaign in the, uh, basically at the start of the second level of the dungeon. They had just enough time to escape a horde of lizard men, shut the door, go down the stairs, shut the next door. Second level of dungeons where you started. Holy cow. What was that? You know. So is that when you hear hot start, Sean, do you think the same thing? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think so. Other than just, you know, a hot start could be, you know, you're put in a cauldron uh, by a few witches and you're starting (laughs) starting to feel. (laughs) That's another way you've been captured. Yeah. Yeah, you know some some old school D and D modules start like that. You're captured. You're in prison. What? Yes, you're running for your life. Um, the, that's we talked about that. When we talked about prison break episode, right? Where you could say, okay, you've just escaped. What do you do now? Uh, what? So I have no gear. You have no gear. You're loincloths and and t-shirts. That's all you got. What do you do? You know. So, Sean, there's benefits. There's I see ups and downs for both, but. Do you have a preference? Let's talk about a preference this kind of first year. Do you, if you're going to run a campaign, um, do you think, well, I want to kind of, I want uh, you like this. Do you have a tendency towards the slow burn or do you like to get a little more action? Some variation of a, of a hot start. I tend to, 
I tend to go with the slow burn. <laughs> nice. But I really like the hot start if I have a choice. So let's take, let me ask you this then. Yes, so if it's a convention game, which yeah. do you do? Which Ooh. do you do? Uh, it, uh, it depends. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Bingo boards. Mark them down, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. It depends on what I'm running, man. If it's uh, you know, I've run, I've run the Gatsby in the Great Race. That's mm-hmm. that's a slower burn. There is, however, it gets into crazy shit quick. There was uh, Savage Worlds. Uh, forget about it. That is slow burn. And I think with some con games, it doesn't always have to be. Many start out with an explanation of what, like what's going on. Like, okay, here's the deal. I got to set everything. Like, who's played? Who hasn't played? There's a huge upfront presentation to make. That doesn't mean that the the adventure scenario situation whatever has to start slow burn necessarily because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people like to just all right here's the deal. Da 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 da. Oh, and by the way, now you're. You're in a room and there's roll for initiative. Like a con game is pretty awesome when the first thing that works out of the game master is roll, roll for, for initiative. initiative. I have yeah. a tendency myself to do slow burn or an abbreviated, like a slightly a medium burned. <laughs> so when I run Avalon at convention games, what I do is the characters, they pick their characters like, okay, you know each other. Who's who? Good. Okay. Great. So... Jim, when he was playing Toad, uh, Jim Fitzpatrick, hearkening back to him. So when he was playing Toad in one of my games, what are you doing? What, what do you do this morning? I get up. We're gonna have breakfast. Get it. Okay, cool, great. That's what you're doing. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? <clears throat> Start innocuously slow, and then something crazy ass happens, and they all get engaged in a problem. And then they gotta go solve it. But I have a tendency to start off with that, like, what's going on? What's your day to day? What are you doing? What are you going to be about today? So that way, whatever I hit you with to interrupt your day, right, is noteworthy. Oh, you're going about this thing. And then everyone ha- just happens to show up at the inn or there's a noise across the street. You hear it. They hear it. Everyone comes to investigate because it's a con game. Good players. Jim and the rest of the crew are not going to fuck about. They're going to show up and play, right? I think Eileen was actually in that one, too. It was, it was pretty cool. Anyway, point is, is, I find for whatever reason, that's my go-to. I have a hard time, and I don't think I have ever honestly done a real hot start, ever. Like the hottest of hot starts. Yeah, like roll for initiative. I've never done that. It's been kind of warm. Warm, yeah. Kind at of, best. Uh, yeah, at best. I, I don't I don't go like microwave and then come it comes out hot pocket burning, you know? <laughs> like scald your mouth. Hot pocket. <laughs> I haven't done that, but I have I have done the Connor and his buddy, my oldest son, when when uh, before he when he was home visiting last time when he got was <laughs> when the Air Force actually let him have leave. Um, he's home. He wanted a game with his buddy and AJ. So I'm like, okay, they made some characters. They came back. He said, okay, you guys are in prison, and this is what's going on. And they got kind of got a preamble out of me, but that wasn't like roll for initiative. I have not done that. And there's a piece of me. I was like, man, why am I af- am I afraid of it? Is there a reason why I'm not doing it? Because I, the benefits for me in a slower burn or an easier start is everyone get every, Brett more probably the players are probably a lot 
more malleable, like, hey, let's go, let's go, like, more malleable than me this way. But I'm like, okay, let's just ease into this. We get to know each other a little bit, and let's go. Because through that little preamble dialogue, like, what do you do this morning, Toad? What do you do over there? Eileen, what's your character's name again? Oh, yes. What is she doing? What's he doing? What are they doing? Great. They're going to do this. She's doing that. He's doing that. And now, it just gives us this chance to talk through things. And I think it's, people appreciate it, but it can't last too long. You know? And it makes me wonder, especially for con games, going with that hot start, like roll for initiative, how fun would that be? Because fuck it, it's a con game, right? Ride that character like you stole it. If he dies, he dies. Just move on. Brett, I'm going to challenge you. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to challenge you to, in the next two or three games. Yeah. Or sessions. Or sessions? Like of an existing campaign? Whatever. That you right. you do a, a, a hot start, like smoking hot start, and and I think this is a good example because I think sometimes when you talk about a hot start versus a slow burn, you, you mentioned this. It's the lead up, right? So you're like you're got to get everybody in the tavern. This is how you know everybody. You know the the barkeep comes over, asks you what you want to drink, and then you know there's a note. Post- that's dropped off at your table, and you read it. But you're you're saying inject in your current campaign. So next time I get together with my crew here, and I'm running my Axis Mundi game, I can say, okay, what happened last time? Let's go over that. Good, good, good note, good note. Okay, roll for initiative. What? Well, I can do it right in the middle of the campaign, right? I you, can just drop can. that on. You can do it. So this okay, is, I like this, it. yes. So I like it. Like I'm gonna saying. I'm gonna kind of help you out trying to get there because I think that's. Many of us, I would say a majority of us, tend to go that route. However, think of like the Matrix, man, right? The beginning yeah. of the Matrix. Because none of it's like nobody knows what the hell is going on. It's like you're watching a woman get arrested in a dark room. Yeah. With cops with flashlights. And then all of a sudden she starts climbing walls and you're like... <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever told you this. A total segue. I knew nothing about that movie. Neither did I. I, I, I literally didn't see a trailer. Nope. Nothing. I went into that movie theater yes, I... stone fucking cold. <laughs> right. And that movie had such a massive impact on me at the time. Yes. Because I knew nothing about it. It's like I, I didn't actively try to avoid media. You know, like because sure. th- there's fucking trailers and people are talking like whatever. Eh, I'm busy going to school doing my thing. Wham! I talk about a big pie in the face of what the fuck is going on. Right. That was crazy. <laughs> right. That was absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah. Right. Because I'd never seen it before. I had no clue what the hell I was walking into. Yeah, man. Flying across the freaking buildings, man. Whew. Is this fantasy? What is this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but if if you take, but at, so that just happens. It's like a very small thing that doesn't yeah. play. I mean, it plays a role in the viewer, but it doesn't play a role in the world necessarily. Like nobody needs to know. Nobody knew she did that or except for maybe, you know, the, the crew. Right. Yeah, yeah. So my point is, is that if you take and you want to inject something like that into your current campaign, Set like I wouldn't. The players will be going to be like, "What?" So you're in a different room. It's dark. Blah blah blah. There's this guy who's going to punch you in the face, and that could be 
a flashback or a foreshadow or whatever, and then maybe they get out of it, they kill the guy, whatever the case is, and then you fast forward and get them back almost to exactly where you're going to leave off and run the game anyway. And then you bring in that bad guy down the road somewhere or whatever. Um, but I, I mean, or, or, you know, there are clues and things and blah, 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 and story that they have to follow. And then eventually they're going to confront big, bad, evil guy, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just get him to the bag. Big, I had a big, bad, evil guy once. Yeah. I have the big, bad, evil guy. Oh, I've. So we've talked about this a little bit, and Colville said it, and we've said it here. Like, you know, don't have to hold the big bad person off to the end. She could show up now. They could absolutely pop up today. You know, players can't defeat them, but I think it would be cool to do that type of thing. Like, have the bad person show up, and they just, they're untouchable. The PCs do everything they can. They just, they they ignore you. They don't kill you because you're beneath them or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of... And it doesn't, cool things to be done there. It yes. doesn't have to be undefeatable unless, of course, right. <laughs> that, that, that's a, an angle. An right. angle. Yes. You're right. There's many angles to it. I like what you're saying. I mean, it could just be like, where did they leave off and where were they going? And you could just speed up the timeline or you could just, um, you know, okay, we're going to go there. And instead of just asking what they're going to do, I think that's the key, right? All right, guys, we left off here. Now what are you guys going to do? And they go, well, we're going to go and check out this place. And you go, okay, you get there, blah, blah, blah. Just, I mean, if you knew, you could just, I mean, even if they are going there, in the street, roll for initiative, four guys surround you, let's let's go. And they're all staring at you. Yeah, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do? And they're holding knives, swords, whatever, guns, and they're pointing at you and they want, I mean- could be kind of cheesy and maybe maybe heavy-handed if it was just a mugging. That's you know, hey, give me your freaking money, man. <laughs> yeah, I could. Uh, I gotta hand it to Running Scared. Running Scared. Have you ever seen that movie, Brett? It's been forever. Gregory Hines, Billy Crystal, buddy cop movie, awesome. They the guy's aunt dies. They go to the funeral and then they're walking back to their gar- car and a guy just pulls around the corner. Guy just walks around the corner, sticks a gun in their face with a paper bag around it. And they're like, he's like, give me your money, man. And they're like, what? You're mugging us? They're like, give me your fucking money. And they're like, all right, we'll give you my wallet and everything, but we just need to keep these badges. (laughs) And it's like, that scene has nothing to do with the entire movie, but they're just walking back from a funeral and a guy's starting to mug two cops. Like, what the fuck? And he runs away and they're going to chase him. And yeah, that's, that's hilarious. I think one of the pieces that a hot start or even if it's a hot restart, right, or a hot piece of action in the middle of the of the campaign, right? Okay, that was good. That was a good session. You guys did a lot of researching and so forth in your Cthulhu game. You found a lot of cool stuff. You're back at the mansion. Okay, what are we going to do? Yeah, all right. Well, we're going to sleep on it. Good. That's where we'll leave next session. You wake up and you smell smoke. What? The building is on fire. Holy what? Because the cultists tracked you back. They lit the building on fire while you slept. That type of so I love this idea here because instead of thinking hot start, think you know hot start not to campaign only, but think hot start to the session right yes within the campaign right. So I love that. Fuck, I never even thought about that, dude. That's smart because the slow burn I think is classic. It, classic. It is tra- you, a you, more you, traditional you, approach. Yeah, very tropey. You you start out slow, work your way, work your way, work your way, and then things get crazy. And you can get in a rut with an investigative game like Trail of Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu, and some of those where 
you look, you look, you look. All right, we go back, we come back, we look, we look, we look, we look. Oh, shit, we got in a fight with some gangsters or cultists. Whew, figure that out. We look, we look. Oh, whoa, another fight. Starting off with the building is on fire because the cultists followed you back. I actually have done thinking about that. I was thinking hot start campaign. But if I think hot start session wise, I have when I used to run vampire back in the day, we'd start a session and somebody didn't have much happen to him last time. So my buddy Shannon, I love game of Shannon because I could beat the crap out of his character and he loved it. So thanks, Shannon. People would be like, hey, what happened? This, that. Okay, this going on, this going on. She was like, well, I'm going to do this. Well, the first thing you got to do is probably get the wooden stake out of your chest. He's like, what? It's broad daylight. And there's a guy standing on your chest. And he apparently just drove a big piece of timber right be- right into your left aorta. I'm paralyzed? Yeah. Well, well, what's he doing? He's not killing you. He's just standing over you, laughing at you. Fuck. What? Holy shit. The rest of the table just stops. You know, this is a time when I'm gaming with like 13 players. Everyone stops. What the hell is going on over there? But like Shan had nothing happen in the last session. And now he's the center of attention. It was a hot piece of action. Just wham right there. It was a conversation. The bad guy dropped some lore on him, basically teased him, threatened him, da 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 da. And then things happen, right? I have done that, but not on a whole group scale. But that individual, in the way I used to run Vampire, is very LARPy in a way. And I think I've talked about that before. So that worked because you're split up across the city. I could do fuck with you in that way. I could mess with you over Dude, here. I could throw do this over there. everything at all of them all at once in yeah, separate no, encounters, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, that's, totally do that. that's uh, you know, uh, what is that? That's like a, a bad, bad organized crime movie, like Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, man. They, yeah. the, 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 the South Africans come after, you know. Uh, Everybody's Mur- on fire. Everybody's being shot. Yeah, Everything's Riggs happening. and Murtaugh, man. And yeah. everybody, they're they're coming after all of them at the same time. And yeah, Riggs can be on the beach and Murtaugh's in his house and they're coming after them all at the one single night. Bam. Yeah, one, one night of house cleaning. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think the, the fear of doing it at a campaign level is... I want to make sure everybody's comfortable, happy, doing, you know, we kind of all are in a groove and then shock your system later. And I honestly think most of the people I play with, the folks, have, the BSers I've gained with, everyone I've met at a con they've gained with, they can hack it. <laughs> it's, it's more of a Brett hang up, I think, than it is a player's hang up. Because I've yet to play with anybody who sat down and said, oh, I just don't, I don't know. Well, that's a hot start. I got kind of scared about that. <laughs> no one's ever, no one's ever said, I'll, I'll play with you, but session zero. This shit's I, I just messed wa- up, man. I just want to let you know in session zero right now, I, I don't like a hot start. That right. just scares, it scares me too much. <laughs> right. You know, I've, I've never heard that. Now, granted, somebody might say I don't enjoy them as much, or I want to make sure that if we do have a hot start, I do have time to develop my character in personality and stuff afterwards. I think that's been part of the slow burn for me over the years is when I was gaming with my home group or different people, they wanted to understand their character's personality traits. They wanted to react a certain way. How does Sean's druid act? You know, does he see Jiminy Jillikers? Does, what does he do when something happens, right? I want to have those moments. And when you thrust the action on him, I'm like, well, I didn't get to develop that. Well, you kind of can right now, right? If Sean Stewart in the middle of it goes, I run. What? You bastard. Are you all, Does he always run away? He always runs away. It's which goes to the earlier lore piece, right? That we talked about from the warden stuff. Is that <laughs> if Sean's like, fuck this, I run. This is dumb. You people, we're getting killed. Let's run. 
you know, then that becomes a defining moment of your druid. It could change later on, as all personality traits of your characters can, but that becomes this piece that you could work with. So I honestly think the hang-up of starting a campaign with a hot in the middle of the action, one way, shape, or form, is a Brett hang up and not my players. I seriously think they could they could handle it. Yeah. If, if I did it at a con, people are like, oh, fucking awesome. We started right off, fucking rolled initiative. Brett killed five, five PCs and handed out more characters. That's fucking awesome. It was no metal. One metal. <laughs> exactly. No one would care. Now, I think they're the upside, of course, to, I shouldn't say of course, but an upside is I see it for a slower burn is if you're planning to run a longer campaign. Like Call of Cthulhu, my buddy's running uh, Friday, actually. This coming Friday, uh, second session of it is the uh, Horror on the Orient Express. It's a big goddamn. He's got everything for it. And he, this is Lenny, dude. He's the prop master. So there's shit hanging that out. No joke. New- that thing's like 500 bones. Yeah, we've got like newspaper clippings. We're getting clues and shit dropped on us. Like, what do we do with this? I don't know. Um, we're all going to die. But we, we had the first session, which was a lot of who are you? Meet this person, meet that person. But there's this weight that that campaign has that says, don't do that. Don't do crazy hot start for this campaign, right? And I think there is not all campaigns are created equal insofar as the best way, so to say, to get the best bang for buck out of those environments. Now, with Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, I've been reading it a lot lately because I've been healing up and can't do much. Finding out what minis to buy and reading and busting through the adventure. And there are plenty of opportunities for both styles. You're walking to the town of, you know, Dugan's Hole, roll for initiative Y, two yetis jump the party. Gets the freaking blizzard, yetis hunting the blizzard, one yeti. This happens. Orcs attack. It absolutely could start that way. Or you 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 see a fight happening, there's somebody in a dog sled trying to fend off and awaken something. There's so many options for the hot start and the slow burn. That campaign, as I'm reading it, I don't think would suffer for either type of beginning at all. It would absolutely function both ways. I think Horror on the Orient Express, I've not read it, but from what I'm understanding from Lenny and how he's setting it up, and he's a pretty sharp dude, I, I think uh, a hot start on that might be rougher because that's not, it's a little more traditional Call of Cthulhu. I think it benefits from the traditional slower burn start. Sean, is there any, um, in? Uh, I know you haven't done it yet, but what do you think for Forbidden Lands? Do you think that would have... I, new campaign, new game. We talked a little bit how it matters per game, right? So if you're running, forget about it. You kind of can jump into something. Sure. Because this is so new for you, would you prefer to start a campaign with a new rule system as a slow burn, or would you prefer to start it hotter than that? I know my answer, but I'm wondering what you're thinking. It doesn't matter to me. Really? Okay. I mean, I, like I said, I have a a habit of of doing slow but with forbidden lands well forbidden lands i gotta get kind of my head wrapped around what that looks like Be- i mean it's so to do that it's do not you think a nice you can, black agent game right can you can you get your head wrapped around that do you want to do a slow burn start to give you time for you and players to get heads wrapped around it or no. just say fuck it we'll just go in and light it on fire and see what we sort out from the ashes well it also depends on what they're doing and what the results are like if they i mean if you go into a hex and you legit make your rolls you're going to see something that's coming i don't have a problem putting it in front of them it just depends on whether they see it coming or not and then some in that case it's probably a warm 
a warmer start because you're putting them in action versus like, okay, you know, check check this what the, what this is. I mean, so I, I think that it can be a hotter start in okay. Forbidden Lands. I don't have a problem withholding that or hey, they need to learn more. We need to get a, adapted to the system a little bit. But I don't. I, I, that's not a factor in whether I do it or not. It just depends on what they're. Where I, I mean, the first session would be ideal because they're, they're like some of these guys are in the chat room, so they're like, doo, 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 you know, so, <laughs> so I'm, but I mean, I could put them in a hex and go, all right, here's the deal, man. Give me some of these rolls, scout rolls. Okay, great. Now you see this thing out there, and uh, you failed your roll, so now it's on top of you. Oh, you made your roll, so now you can you see it kind of yep. stalking through the weeds or whatever. So that's cool. I think where my head goes is I normally would think, oh, I want to go slower, man. I really want to milk this, blah, blah, blah. However, however, based on our conversation here, the way I, the reason I'm doing that is so that I, we've talked about this a little bit before in other sessions, like, okay, I want to make sure in the first session we have like a social interaction check and a this check and eventually get to combat. Well, fuck it. I can just go right to combat. Right. Yeah, because sure. yep. because yeah. brand new, brand new game, some barum, brand new game. I sit down with it. Nobody's run a combat yet right. until I run it for them. Right. That's true. Include including me. <laughs> so what the fuck are you waiting for? Let's start a fight right now. Well, but we don't know anything. It doesn't matter. All you know is this dude, this gang has daggers and they're going to kill you. Are you gonna you gonna talk him to death? You want to try a social interaction skill, or do you want to fucking fight? These guys aren't here to talk, man. They're not here to talk. You can, how do I know that? Because they already killed the first guy who was in front of you. What? Oh my god! They're done chewing bubble gum. Yeah, they they all out of bubble gum, and all they can do now That's is right. kick ass. That's right. But I think what we're when we're talking about this here, there is there's some definite power to that. Like get right to the action, because if nothing else, in a brand new system. A new combat system. Oh my god, how's this going to function or whatever? Waiting to get to it is like for most gamers like, oh, there it is. There's 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 the thing. Right. I, I know it's coming. It's like I know what I'm getting you for Christmas, Sean. I'm going to get you this. I'm going to show it to you. This is your Christmas present right here. Isn't it lovely? I'm going to put it over here. You just need to wait 5 days to get it. And at a certain point like, what the fuck? Just give it to dude. Come on. What what are you dicking around for? You know, just give it to me. Well, that's the funny thing, right? We're playing adventure games, and the adventure like part and we're, might and be, we're dragging right? it out. Why? Why am I waiting to get to the actual just, adventure? Man, give me. And, credit, and if fighting isn't the the focus of the game, like Call of Cthulhu, it's like meet the NPCs, deal with the cult, find out something. So, to Lenny, the way Lenny's doing kind of slower burn with uh, the Orient Express game, we're finding stuff out pretty rapidly. Bam, 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 bam. Now, we haven't fought cultists yet, but we're spying weirdness. We're seeing strange people. We're seeing stuff happen, which is right in the middle. That, that's the juicy beasts of Cthulhu, right? Ooh, I don't know what's going on. I want to find out, which is where you get him way the fuck over your head and die or go crazy or both. Point being, though, is that in a game, a traditional game like a D&D something or other, if I could just start a fight right away. What's the first time in a runner fight? You know, it's not getting any more or any less first time if you do it now or you do it in two hours in the game. It doesn't matter. The first fight's the first fight. The first skill check roll, the first actual implementation of the rule set is still the first, whether you do it at the beginning of the session 
or halfway through or at the very end. And it fucking matter. So I think I'm talking myself in a little hotter start action, man. I think it, um, if nothing else for my, for my group, it'll be my home group. It'll be a good shot, uh, shocker shakeup for them because, oh, this is a Brett game. It goes like this. And then if it come in, oh, this is a Brett game. It goes like, oh, fuck, it's on fire. Shake it up, Brett. Yeah. Shake it up. It's good. I like it. Might as well. Shake it up. 2021, Brett shakes it up. I'm not in, I don't have the nerve pain I used to. So now I've, I've got no excuses. Right. And his new man bone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got a dead man's bone stable in my skin. What can't That's I do? That's right, man. Cool, man. Anything else on this one? Are we good? Oh. No. All right. Fuck it. Let's move on. All die right. Roll get in a die roll. Two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery want to bring you. What you got? First one Dragonlance novels. Three of them. Three originals, like original. Classic. Classic, yes. Weiss and Hickman, not some. They're not editing it. Are they going to be poorly written, just like the first three? Have they? (laughs) (laughs) Classically poorly written? I mean, I know Tracy's written novels. Oh, they they both have. I mean, everybody gets better. And, you know, what you had back. And also, anyway, point is that. Joke, joke, joke. But are you interested? I, I'm. I don't know. I might pick them up just for the hell of it and see. It might take me back. Yeah, you know, I, you, Joe Swick, and I were chatting about this the other day, and I'm like, ah, fuck, I don't care. I don't care. I kind of <laughs> care. <laughs> I kind of care. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's the. I'm like, it's like, oh. Could you grab my Dragonlance nostalgia any harder than that? Really? Uh. I mean, honestly. I don't know. And also, I got this pile of Dragonlance adventures that Sean gifted me. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, uh, I kind of want. I was mad I didn't have all of them. That's kind of sucked. That's okay, but I, I'm interested. I don't know. Probably shouldn't be, but I am. God damn it. What else we got? Um, Nightfall Games um, announces Terminator RPG. Hmm. And With the whole IP, the, the Terminator IP and all that and stuff. I guess I don't know. That doesn't interest me. Me neither. Interesting. Well, I mean, why not give it another run? Alien had a different RPG ages back, too. Back in the 80s, 90s, it did. So interesting that that yeah, came back there's background. something about the Alien franchise where I think with RPGs and Mothership and some other stuff. and it, No, it's got it's got some deep, deep, impactful type of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I don't think Terminator's got it. It's just me. Whatever that is. The thing that made it gameable? I don't know. It was a big chase. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, what else we got? Uh, third one, Let's Roll Virtual Tabletop Kickstarter. Another um, virtual tabletop. God damn, this stuff's coming out of the woodwork, I brother. know. Great for us, man. It's competition. It is. I, yeah, want, I want count, best of breed, right? I need more than two breeds <laughs> to choose from. Give me more, right? It ends 25 days from this recording, which I thought was March 6th-ish, if my math is correct. So they had a $9,627 goal, and they've got 128238 It's funded in 17 minutes. Well, it was originally in euros, because I think it's a French org. Well, yeah, regardless, so, though, right. it gets, it yes. gets, that's the translation. That's why the weird dollar amount, 9627 yeah. right? right, right. But the sum bitch was funded in 17 minutes. Their, their video wow. is pretty impressive, I got to say. I've talked about this on Saturday a little bit, but you know what it comes down to in a nutshell is you take all the virtual tabletops, they all got to do 
maybe a little bit more than a handful of things, right? They got to display maps, maybe display some tokens, got to have some rule integrations. Interactive character sheets. Character sheets are probably 101. And then the rest is probably cherries on top and it's how it's done yeah it's it's the ui it's the user interface right which one do you like which one do i like which one do my players and i like together right and how much work do i have to do there's some guys there's some guys that are like there's the uh the role the other role there's dude i work work in an it group right and i i know back in the old days uh, you remember burby back when i was a company Mm -hmm. we had a guy second floor dude which is where all the brainiacs worked he got upset because his uh, his home created Linux kernel wasn't. He didn't like the print drivers he could find, so he built his own on a Sunday while watching a Packer game because he was bored. That was fun for him. I knew another guy who built you know Oracle clusters in his closet because he wanted to see how the database would perform. Some people love that shit, right. and other people are like, "How come the the box pointy <laughs> right. don't do the thing?" You know, I mean, there's all the variations to you know. I want to be able to change my own oil, rotate my tires, do all this stuff, change points, do that, all the way to I I want a button that says go car go, right? And everything in between. And I and I think having more options as we started off this with is is better because you're gonna find your groove somewhere there. Yeah, love it. And then lastly, Exodus of uh some major D D uh beyond staff. Uh, so we'll see what happens with those. One of them was Adam, and uh, I think he was one of the principals that sold D&D Beyond to Fandom. So, you know, there there's some, I mean, five, four key members, five key members of that staff just left. Three of them, Adam, three Lord of them all in Todd. one day. Yeah. Can't. Yeah. Huh. Not a big deal, maybe, but it. I, having been in the, job movement space always makes me wonder uh, rumor is that they got an offer that they couldn't refuse per cam banks yep. so we'll see what that looks like you know when you have a when you have a really good team i changed jobs you know three years ago and i reached out to people within my org that actually work for me now that wanted to work for me called them and said hey i got a spot there all right cool done and they bailed and came to work for me very fortunate that way and a similar thing could easily happen here because it happens right i mean um so the the key is to look at their linkedin linkedin profiles yes <laughs> but Dar- darcy was working for monica games for a long time yes, having a great was. time loved yep. it and she got scooped up you know yeah that Kirk one surprised me too i was like not expecting to it, see if that. the opera if the opportunity is right it's a better slash different you don't know i don't know what's you know what's up with that crew well, you know, I'm, I'm curious with Darcy specifically. So, folks that aren't in the know, Darcy Ross, who we, Brett and I have both met. And oh, she's awesome. Very, awesome very person. awesome person. Um, got, was working for Monty Cook Games, right? It's kind of an idea. Mm-hmm. She was a researcher at one point, and then she got up to be their community manager and played in a bunch of stuff and partaked in, you know, uh, a lot of their games. And then now she's working for the Critical Role Company. Apparently, is the yeah, and when when she left, Monty and Shauna and everyone, yeah. there was like, she's awesome. This is a huge, this is a loss for us, but awesome for her. So you you don't know how or why, and some of it it could be money. In which case, for God's sakes, Darcy, don't tell me none of my goddamn business. If it's just a bet, you know, whatever you tell me, I'll believe you. But I I hope it's turning out right. You just hope it's a good opportunity. And these folks could, and these folks from D and D Beyond could be in the same boat. 
I just get into recruiter mode and go, why did you take that job or why, what led you to that company? But that was part of my, that was part of my shtick, man. I would ask, what led you to that company? Were you looking or did you get, because the, the reason somebody goes to a company tells a lot about their situation at the time. And if they say, well, I was looking, then they aren't happy. They weren't happy where they were and why. And sometimes you're like, I wasn't looking, but it hit me upside the head. And when it wasn't, when it, yeah, it, that's true. I wasn't looking and somebody, but they came to me. So who came to you? Was it, was it your former boss or some wacky and, recruiter? And we know Darcy. We don't know Darcy that well. I no. don't think I'm not, I'm no. not asking her no. that. That's not my guy. I would, I'd right. ask her like, I, Hey, well, yeah, I'm just curious would. how you ended up there because. Which is why Darcy likes me better than you. That's fair. Just so you know, that's, fair. that's why. Well, and she doesn't have to answer necessarily. <laughs> she can tell me it's none of your goddamn business and that's okay. Well, what, what I think is funny in, in that weird little, we all love a doom story, right? Is, oh my God, I have seen the thing. D&D Beyond is crumbling. They're going to die. No. They're going to fuck everything over. Oh, Jesus Christ. I just, I just bought this thing. Oh my God. And light it on fire. For fuck's sake. Brett and I both it know nobody's all irreplaceable. No, they're not. Nobody's, nobody's <laughs> no, they're irreplaceable. Not. No. Nope. But it is, it's an interesting, di- I mean, it's just an interesting dynamic where, I mean, James Heck, I think, left a week ago and then three James, people James, decided it, to announce it all in the same day. It looked like James Intercaso hooked up with, you know, MCDM. Yeah, but he, I don't know what he was doing prior. I don't know but if he had a full. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, we could do that. I would not be shocked if in two years. After a certain point, James says, "You know what? I found a better gig. I'm leaving." Yeah, but what's a better gig? The, so this is a this is interesting in that what's better for you, whatever. But in a creative space, which RPGs are, it's a niche within a niche. Some of these companies are very small, and D and D in the grand scheme of things is pretty fucking small. Sure. Hasbro's big, but Watsy is small. D and D is even small. It right, right. It's it's a small thing. I will top out at a certain point in a multi-billion dollar global company that I work at, that if I really desperately want a promotion to a different higher job, right. I may have to leave the company. That Not only happens. leave the company, you may have to leave the city, Brett. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have to be like, oh, sorry, I got to move to Colorado. I need to move to Des Moines. I need to move to France. Who knows, right? That happens. And I think in some of these spaces, the reason I picked on uh, MCDM is like, so... James goes there, has a good time. He goes, hey, I'd really like to do this. And Matt's like, I don't have, there's no job progression in some of these jobs. Right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I, so we're going to bore the fuck. We're, 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 we're going to bore the fuck out of people. So let's stop talking here. We're done. Nobody gives two shits so about this, corporate. The reason we, we're done. The, we're done. So the reason we shared this information this evening is because I want to wish Brett the best of luck oh, as he whoa, goes whoa, on son to- of a bitch. <laughs> As he Phil goes Vecchio on, filled in once. He Brett, filled in once Brett for me. It is and I not had a fair. conversation last week, oh, and he said that I'm he got a better opportunity. He's going to be joining. <laughs> He's part of an outplacement. He's. We're not renewing his option. No, you dick. No, I figured you got a better opportunity, man. Bigger, bigger money. Uh huh. Yeah. Brett's going to go and become the podcast for uh, the meat guy. What's his name? Meat eater. Meat, e- meat, eater? meat eater. Oh God. Uh, if Steven Ronella hired me to do that, I would bail on See, you. <laughs> there it is right there, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. If Ronella's like, hey, man, I need you to drop See? that gaming thing. And you're Him be and a- his Vortex Optics hat, man. Don't tell. Fuck don't yeah. know and I don't know. I know the deal. Oh, yeah. 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 I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That would do it. That would totally. That would totally. Uh, love you. Bye. <laughs> See? Anyway, let's all close right. this up all man, right. before we go so, too crazy. All right. What are we talking about next week, Brad? Next week, we're going to dig into that comment one of our viewers got us. I think it was Matt. 
Uh, I was talking about pre-made to homebrew and back, kind of the back and forth, because he, he was talking about how um, seeing some of the pre-made adventures he's running and how he wants to kind of move into homebrew and to solve some of the quote-unquote problems or things he'd like to change and do different. So we're going to talk about that next session. Next session. Look at me talking gaming. Next, next session. Episode. Yeah. episode. Next session. Yeah. Hot start. Well, you know what? We should, we'll go right to it. We won't even fucking do anything else. We'll just go right main topic next episode. Boom. Next episode. Boom. Right in there. All right, let's get out of here. All man. right. Going, so, going hey, Monday nights, 8 o'clock Central Time, stream here on Twitch. See this on YouTube. Give us a like, subscribe. Damn it. Smash that like button. Otherwise, you can find the audio version of this at your favorite podcatcher of choice. So, on behalf of Gaming NBS, I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good gaming all. This episode of Gaming NBS produced with help from the following BSers. Jared Rasher, Ray Otis, Old School DM, Jason Hobbs, Andy Hall, Roger Brassett, Chris Steele, Larry Hout, Eric Frankhaus, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, CW Mellencamp, Dan LaValle, Craig Huber, Ron Bishop, Old Schoozer Roleplaying, Jim Fitzpatrick, Mark Richmond, Sky, Craig, Howard Bishop, Jeff Seifert, Angus, Eric Salzwedo, George Sedgwick, Robert Nemeth, Brian Kurtz, Laramie Wall, Perry Basor, Eric Avia, Andy Olson, John Kayward, Corey Gonzalez, Niall Diamond, Jeff Goad, Brian Rumble, David F. Balog, Harrigan, Melissa Bashinsky, Henry Newcomb, Colcago, Eric Tavola, Hoos Carl, Ghost GM, Mike Hess Jr., Rory Weston, Jim Ingram, Daniel Garrett, Jason Weeb, Dollar Adventure Frameworks, Phil McClory, Jay Plata, The Duke in Purple, Isaiah Aries Christian, Vanta Blacklord, Larry Hollis, Quigley Malcolm, AWOL Trooper, Craig Shipman, Todd Sharp, Orcus Dorcus, Chris Shorb, Michael O'Holland, Wayne Peacock, Mike Coleman, Tendrils, Miniature Master, Kevin Keneally, Christopher Lang, Chad Glayman, Josh Wallace, Adam Grote, John, Ed Nyes, Stefan Dragonspawn, Corey Welch, Merkel Froelich, Rich Wishan, Joe Swick, Curtis Takahashi, and Aaron Relia. Have you ventured in the streets of Avalon? It's an urban fantasy campaign setting done by our own Brett Blazinski. Check it out at DriveThruRPG or ask your favorite local game store to order it and print for you. We'll have a link in the show notes. Thanks, BSers! This, this has, has been, been a Litterbox, Litterbox Studio, Studio production. production.